into the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything. It's slow. It's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 4, titled Episode 2.2, Init 1, ASEC. 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 I, I assume that's how you say that. I didn't actually know what an ASEC file was. Well, it could but... be like that fucker that created the GIF in- extension and then decided it should be branched right. GIF. It's, it's ASEC. Yeah. It's ASEC, you idiot. <laughs> right. You'd know that if you were a hacker. <laughs> Uh, what's an ASEC file? Do you have any idea? Uh, it's an Android security file. Some, okay. Some kind of encrypt. Uh, in fact, I read um, early on in the season that all the extensions of all the episodes are referring to various encryption schemes. So okay. hmm. uh, this one for this seems season, right. yeah for this season, not not the past season. Uh, yeah. This this seems apropos because uh, you know the tease at the end where the FBI has thrown the old venerable BlackBerry. Right over the then uh, this is a real fact. Like I don't, I think that's happened a long time ago. But like for a long time, uh, even when BlackBerry started to suck, they were still standard government issue because their encryption and control systems were so good. It was a keyboard, old fuddy duddies. <laughs> well, like the keyboard. I fucking, the I still, keyboard. I still like the physical keyboard. <laughs> I wish I could get a a reasonably good physical keyboard. But anyway, yeah, I had the the original G one. Mm-hmm. Android device mm-hmm. because it had the physical keyboard. I was like, yes, I right. love it. But yeah, I'm over it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any going back. We're here no. for it's next generation <laughs> console from here on out. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it teases that that there's uh, some vulnerability that uh, Elliot's going to be able to exploit there. Yeah, yeah, seems like it. Uh, what do you think of this episode overall? It's another one of those things where the first time I watched it, I just was really conscious of how long it was and kind of how um, there's a lot of people that wrote in and said this episode felt very Kubrickian, and there's actually a lot of intentional Kubrick references right. contained within, uh, in which case if that, if, if this is just Sam Esmail kind of playing around, having fun, I don't know it's wise, but, uh, and it's also long, it was, it was uh, just over an hour long. Uh-huh. It felt a little bloated in pieces, but again, that might be what he's enti- intentionally trying to do with this this playing around and being referential. Right, uh, Stanley Kubrick stuff. Right. It feels a little long and yeah. maybe bloated. But. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, Stanley Kubrick can pull it off. Right. Um, now, I will say that, just like last week, the second, third time I watched it, especially after I did some research into the deeper means, and th- I came around, you know, with like a, oh, man, fuck you guys. Uh, so... It's it's weird. It's almost like the first experience, the the first watching experience, isn't as viscerally gripping um, as some of the others I've seen. Yet it feels mm-hmm. like it's much more cerebral, and and it's kind of like if you're only watching this at a surface level and not indulging in the games that they want you to play, you're only getting just scraping the surface of it. Sure, and I feel like sure. I guess I, most I of the hardcore that. fans are probably have been doing that and did it last season, and right. But I also think this is kind of less gripping to this point last season, probably because they have to set up the next phase. Like if you your your whole reveal is you destroyed the financial world and your main character is deeply, deeply mentally unsound, it's going to take a while. Like you you can't just be like, okay, well, Elliot, get back to hacking. Yeah, you know there has to be consequences to that, and. 
if you dismiss those consequences in an episode, people would be like, well, that's there's no weight to that at all. If you wrestle yeah. with them for four or five episodes, you might have early accusations being boring. I mean, that that happened to Mad Men a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that's what's weird is the Mad Men season one, I thought, taught you how to appreciate the rest of Mad Men. You know, okay. it's like this is going to be slow and plotting and you're not going to know where it's going. But then, bam, it's going to hit you in the end. Whereas Mr. Robot season one felt like it was a little bit more viscerally entertaining as it went along. So this feels a little bit like yeah. a downshift. But they they had a real a, a clear goal and a real big end game that they were going yeah. toward. And yeah, that made season one feel like it was just pedal to the metal the whole time. Yeah. Also, you know, it, it had multiple big reveals. It had the the E Corp stuff uh, with you know Elliot the five nine hack. It also had Mr. Robot and right. the true nature of Mr. Robot. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of exciting stuff to deal with in sure. the first season. And I, I'm i in total agreement with you here that they needed to do a lot with Elliot's psyche in the mm-hmm. first few episodes. And I think they balanced it perfectly. I th- like. I was just starting to feel a tinge of when Elliot, get, get back? back in the yeah. game. I want to see more cool hacking stuff from you. And then they did it at the end of this episode. So... To me, it was balanced perfectly, and I I know there are a lot of people out there who are like, "Oh, it's way too slow. It's boring. Whatever." You're not you're not interested, I guess, in the other side of this show, which is psychosis and right. what the, what's that what that is like and how people deal with it. Right. Which I'm immensely interested in. Yeah, I think it's a really cool premise for a show. Uh, now, I will say, there's some stuff about this that's starting to get to me a little bit particularly with angela i think angela is maybe the weakest link in this story right now Mm -hmm. for me um yeah we'll we'll talk about it more in detail when we get there angela and joanna are the two bugs. yeah yeah joanna they've they've taken like i thought tyrell was pretty bad and he was but like joanna is right really given is 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 hurting me but we'd probably be saying the same about tyrell but he's completely absent so yes Yes, except for Elliot dream sequences where he's frolicking with his family, right? To a music box version of Green Day. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so why don't we get into the recap? Let's do it. Start off with a flashback to when Darlene and Elliot were kind of reunited here in New York City, right? Uh, they catch up and they eventually talk about their dad, which leads to Elliot busting out this old Mister Robot jacket he's got. Darlene tells him to put it on and also to wear this mask that's from, uh, oh God, I, I don't want to say this word because I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but the careful masker of the bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie? Yeah. Hmm. That's suspect with the last two letters, but <laughs> I'll go with it. I'm pretty sure because I, I learned that, I think I heard that word before I saw it spelled. It's usually, it's like I can remember the correct pronunciation. Okay. Bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie. All right. Uh, yeah, ob- obviously a French word. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that didn't that come out of the like French Revolution. Yeah, that was the name for the, uh, the 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 middle class. Yeah, it's interesting because this word has a lot of different meanings. I think the meaning they're going for here is more of the Marxist meaning, which is the the people who the have seized pigs. control of the means of production and have exploited that to stay in power. I agree, comrade. Okay, <laughs> good. Uh, I stand in solidarity with you. Because that's pretty much what this mask represents. Uh, it's it's that sort of thing. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, she she gets a little more than she bargained for when she tells him to put on this mask because Elliot pretty much outlines the plan for what eventually becomes a five nine attack. Mm-hmm. Five nine hack. Did you actually see a transformation occur when he put on the coat and and mask? Uh, yeah, sure. Like I, I thought that there. Do you think that's the first time the Mister Robot persona asserted control? Hmm. Like he's had that. I, I'm thinking, you know, in my in my I started just. Just the story starts just spinning in my head that like yeah. he's had this jacket for God knows how long. He takes that every night and looks at it in like you know a creepy Elliot way. Now his sister, and also the, he said something later on the episode where like it's very important for her to have to ask him for help with things to and, ask Elliot, right? Yeah, and like yeah. this is her the way that she kind of hacks him and and. Um, the crucial moment where she says, put it on, he says, why? She says, because I asked you. He -hmm. puts it on and instantly crosses his arms and becomes like Cobra Commander and starts planning out the downfall of Western civilization. Yeah, that might be something he doesn't remember. Yeah, uh, I wonder how many other flashbacks. Also, this solves, I guess, that because I speculated whether they were full-blooded brother and sister, and I think there was some other contextual things that proved me wrong, but they talk about mom and dad... I, I can't explain why there were no pictures of them together. Yeah, there was like one. Mm. There was one, but it was. Was it with? You know, the, we talked about this last episode. And also, like why Darlene is, wasn't with him on time in Times Square? Yeah, but so much of this is like Elliot's crazy and Elliot's seeing things, mm. and maybe Elliot is not showing us an accurate representation of his family. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's so much of that. We talked about it last episode, so mm-hmm. I don't want to go over it too much, but. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I was wondering, like, okay, so he recognizes Darlene here. What's what's the point where he stops recognizing her, where he's gone kind of – he's had a breaking point? Because wow, he clearly recognizes co- her at right. the end of this scene, too. Right. So somewhere along the way, he has stopped recognizing his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if they're going to show us that event or or that series of events. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even consider. I didn't give any consideration there. Yeah, I, I do feel like we need to see. Like, I would like to see the or unless this is the first time that she kind of did this to him, where she asserted her own programming over his. Um, but it'd be interesting to see them as kids if there's like any instances of that happening before, mm-hmm. um, where she requests him to be something else and he accommodates her. Uh, do you want to talk about this movie at all that they're watching? Cause so I apparently I, when I did my little uh, hacking session on who is Mr. Robot, I signed up for their mailing list at some point. Okay. So right after the episode aired, I got something from Mr. Robot with no comment, but it was a uh, an image of what looks like a the VHS tape for the careful massacre of the bourgeoisie. You click it, and it plays you a like a nine minute long portion of the movie and it starts okay. off it's an e it's an e-court production uh, and it's like you know really grainy and vcr and i didn't i didn't get a lot of time to think about what it actually meant right the plot from what i gathered from the very short lines in the show it sounded right. like okay someone was killed on a yacht went <laughs> overboard and because somebody was jealous of the business that they were getting, that they had sealed the deal on a contract. Yeah, and there's also this is a, a, the, it looks like there's a, there's a brother and sister behind everything that I and think I are think, intended to be stand-ins for Elliot and and I think their dad is killed. Is it the dad that goes overboard, or does dad push somebody overboard? I don't 
remember. I think their dad is. I only killed. watched it once, and right. I, again, I didn't. I I watched it a couple times, but it's tough to make out the dialogue. It sounded uh-huh. like their dad was pushed overboard by a jealous businessman. Right. I couldn't tell you though. Okay. Uh, but I I mean but there are connections. There's there's probably a lot more stuff, and I hope I have more time to looking at between now and then. And obviously, the biggest connection is where the mask comes from. Right. Right. Um, which when she says i can't believe they made it from this i'm like wow or they made it from the movie i'm like wow they're inventing an alternate version of you know v for Godfell's vendetta right and i'm like that's that's really taking a joke too far but no it's this horror yeah. thing now what are the odds that this is going to come back because they they this is a long ass scene for what it is a flashback I, establishing, and I feel like I, I immediately started getting suspicious that this is really dense with multiple layers of data because they make it clear that she takes an Instagram of this, and they all she also makes it clear about how rare this movie is. She goes, I think only us and the three seaters have ever seen it. Uh-huh. This is also the movie where this mask is from. What are the odds that the FBI is going to be able to? You know, use this to collate, collate all the social media and drill down to find her almost immediately. And, and there's also that. lots yeah. of in, there's also lots of hints that she might be taking a fall in this episode. Okay, like when she's walking uh, to meet, you know, in that little paranoid walk she has later on, she walks past um, a mural like a Banksy style, uh, a, a big tombstone says "R.I.P. to the United States government." Um, but when she okay. walks in, she's literally walking right in front of a tombstone that says R.I.P. over her head. Okay. So, I mean, this but, is... But, I mean, the bigger, the more obvious thing there is the Instagram thing, because later on, they search Instagram to find the people who were at the arcade party. Yes. At the F Society party. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, if they're if they're going to go back that far... And especially since Elliot's already worrying that she's in over her head, and I feel like there's a lot of foreshadowing here that's that's meant for us to be very scared that yeah. that she's going to be uncovered. And there actually can't be a whole lot of time between this flashback and present day in the show. Why do you say that? Uh, they all look exactly the same. I mean, if, you know, maybe it's well, just okay. actors being actors. Uh, but but, but you, when you, I, I, could it be a year? Like, I could yeah, easily. Yeah. Did, sure. did, did, does Elliot say, I mean, I know he, I think it's been almost a year because didn't he, Damn it! I know that they that when he was meeting with Krista, they definitively mentioned how long he's been seeing her. Like, and, oh, and that yeah, he's almost done in that term. That. And I thought it was a year, hmm. or it could have been three months. I don't think it's really important, but <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think it's when you said short time, it's like definitely more than just weeks or a month. I think. Oh it's, yeah, okay. no, short. In my, it's opinion. not years. Probably not more than a couple to few years because also yeah. how long has instagram been out has it been out longer than i think like five Pro- years probably yeah okay. i think so because instagram feels like it just came out last year and snapchat's going to come out next year is because yeah. is, i'm getting old too old for this shit uh the other thing we find out is what got elliot in trouble in the first place which was this gig he got doing pen testing which for people who don't know is penetration testing and they pretty much explain it he, he's finding the holes in the systems uh, in the computer systems there at whatever company he was working for. Uh, and, you know, he found so many holes that these people couldn't go home on their their vacations, on New Year's or something like that. And yeah. then they lock him in the server room, which seems cruel. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then he like, wakes up and all how, the servers are mad. Yeah, he needs anger management. How about some arrest <laughs> right. for the unlawful confinement for the mentally ill person? <laughs> right. How about that, Judge? 
Yeah, yeah, that seems Jeez. a little unfair. Wow, yeah. I wonder if it wasn't like, it, you know, self-inflicted imprisonment at that point. He's like, you know what? I'm not going home until I fix this shit. And you fuckers can go home. And then he wakes up and all the servers are smashed. Right. So, yeah, obviously, uh, that's what got him to, uh, brought him to Krista. Then we go back to the present day and Darlene's on the subway. Elliot's waking up. Darlene tries to tell Elliot about the upcoming F Society plans and speaking to him there in his kitchen and asks him, or more accurately asks Mr. Robot for his help, but he's not into it. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in this subway. A lot of strange bullshit. Like, okay, headphones, normal. Uh-huh. You see people wearing beats, whatever. Gas masks, okay. There's a concern about disease. It's pretty normal in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. VR goggles on a fucking subway creates a vomitorium. Like, <laughs> you cannot wear VR goggles on a subway. What if you're wearing a VR goggles of a subway that's just instead it's just clean and no one's around you? It's like your every every uh, introvert's <laughs> fantasy of what the subway is. So you still get the you know the your movement jostled, would have the movement to, lines up. It yeah. would have to line up perfectly. It would, it, it's easy. Otherwise, to do that. oh my god, that would make you so sick. No problem. Um, but yeah. So it's an AR experience, like. There's Pokemon dancing in front of her or whatever. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. It's it's all her. She just found a Squirtle. She's super psyched. <laughs> <laughs> but she's Darlene's also the only one not wearing a mask of some sort, which I think is right. the real significant part of that. But yeah. the VR stuff makes it. I mean, because like buckle in, folks. We're a decade away from that. From from that. Right. Like people having helmets on on buses and trains and could be. Yeah. You know, even walking down the street. What looks sillier? Okay, now look back, what, two years, uh-huh. three years, and all the people saying, oh, look how fucking stupid you look wearing Google Glass. Uh-huh. Now let's talk. Now well, let's talk about Google Glass, because that is honestly, way cooler. What Google, what Google Glass, why, why people, it was the second day, so it's it's the same way with the Bluetooth earpiece douchebag phenomenon. Right. No one really cares that that utility, like, it's not the utility or the thing they think looks goofy. There's nothing, like... You know, this is a culture that once wore it's a zoot behavior. suit, okay? Right. Like, there's nothing ever going to be fucking goofier than a zoot suit. So get the fuck out of here with the, oh, it just looks stupid. It's, people, it was unnerving to be, like, at a restaurant or in a subway or on a sidewalk and see a person talking to themselves. And also or to think those that people talking, are, could be annoying as well. Yeah, because Their they're like, oh, be look, I paid $300 to put something in my, in, 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 you know. And I'm going to shout into the air while you're trying to do other things. Well, cell phone was the height of assholery. Right. When only the rich people could have it. Right. Because now it was it's like no bourgeoisie. Exactly. Bourgeoisie, whatever. So I feel like that uh, with Google Glass, the, the secondary irritant was the fact that it was always on camera. People just right. that squicked them out. Right. Like this guy's much. looking at me and he's recording me. And now he's looking at me having a weird reaction to him recording me. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't know if VR will have any of this because it's not. It's all about the person's own experience. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, but there's also AR and cameras. I mean, one of, one of those headsets, I forget which one, has the ability to look past it mm. and do AR stuff. Right. Uh, via cameras. So it's the same thing as Google Glass. Right. No, I, Plus, I do. I, man, I can't imagine wearing that all day, just walking around wearing that. It would be really cool if you, like the one, like you said, augmented reality to where like it would like uh, lay down like a Terminator, t- Terminator style 
Right. Like, I imagine that or would be... Or it could like, do a clean subway. Just, like, facial recognition, remove that whole but person. But that seems like, kind of cool that you could download an app that makes you look like you got the Terminator and everybody look at it targets and says some <laughs> random bullshit fact about them. Uh-huh. Like, you know... Even if they're made up? That'd yeah, be no, yeah, it just, it just, yeah. Yeah, it just grabs some kind of thing and randomized, you know... You could base, do that right now. And you could do with facial recognition and height and weight and, like, taking guess at gender to try to customize it to make it look extra, like, cool. Yeah. But uh oh man, White Rose would just break that whole <laughs> that whole configuration sure, you got. Sure. It just you'd have to knit one on that thing. Yeah, yeah, you would. You would it'd be broken. <laughs> uh, I guess I should explain. Yeah, AR is alternate reality for people who who or are augmented not, reality. Not in the know. Is it augmented reality? I think, oh, or shit. I think it's either either or. Okay, I've heard, I've, heard, I've seen it because uh, it's uh, people been throwing out around a lot with the new Pokemon game, and right. it seems like those are used kind of interchangeably. Okay. Uh, so we go over to Dom, who brings in a team to investigate the arcade. Uh, they find a bullet casing behind one of the cabinets, which uh, is named Mallet Murder, which I noticed last season, which is pretty funny. It's basically a, a clone of Duck Hunt mm-hmm. with a little more brutal name. It's a little bit up close and personal. Yeah. Shotguns are just so impersonal. Yeah, so, so this is something we've talked about in the not pilot, only right? Was, not only was there a gun in the popcorn machine, that gun went pop, pop, at least once. I mean, you so maybe you assume pop. so. You assume it was that gun. You assume okay, yeah, someone you're right. shot it in you're this right. place, not just like, oh, I got a case in my pocket, drop it. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it lends a little bit more credence to the idea that maybe Elliot killed Tyrell. Right. And doesn't remember it. Uh I don't know exactly where that's going. I still can't believe he killed Tyrell. Why not? Because we have a lot of hints that Tyrell is making contact with people. I mean, his conversation with Mr. Robot you could write off last week is just... I mean, Mr. Um, I'm sorry, Elliot. Elliot himself wrote it off. Like, I, this, I'm this, i crazy. What right. This is proof of nothing. I'm talking to you, and you're not real. But unless so. you're going to assert that Elliot is is sending the phone to Joanna and calling her with some kind of thing, then I guess who else would be talking to Joanna? Right. I don't think that Scott CTO guy is getting day drunk off wine would be contacting her. Seems like he was waiting for her to contact him. Is there, there's no chance it's this parking lot attendant, right? Why would he send her a gift basket to do that? Like he just walk in and says, ma'am, we're out of money. I can't afford to get <laughs> gift basket and cell phone to talk to you. Anymore. Well, no, to make initial contact. Like I know a thing you want to pay me money so I don't say anything. Okay. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it doesn't feel right. I, that's just a random suggestion. It still feels like that's Tyrell from somewhere. Right. But why go with this bullet casing? Where is that going to lead them? Because hmm. I, I understood that maybe the DJ Mobley thing would lead them somewhere. It turned out to be a dead end. The other thing is that Tyrell, I always assumed that he and Joanna were from old money. Because you can't, you really couldn't afford their lifestyle on a junior executive, even at a big New York firm, could you? I don't know. Like he's he's got a, sure a manservant, that. and they're like talking about all these jet setting vacations and stuff they're taking. He has a like, manservant. I mean, isn't that what government issued face man is? Uh, I'm hmm. Okay. He's like a yeah, driver fair. valet. That's Tyrell's personal like security and I think driver. So. I, where else would he come from? I thought it was E Corp, but that doesn't make any sense no. now. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, E Corp. I, I kind of entertained that too, but this seems like. Hmm. But yet she's running out of money. Like they're essentially living paycheck to paycheck. Now, or maybe she's not out of money, but she's. And, but, but he says we're running out of money. Like, 
like their like this, op- like this operation. They, as in yeah. like a, a team. I, yeah, it's not E Corp that's running out of money. Come no, on. no. So yeah, you're right. They that must. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I thought it was perspective on that. I thought it was interesting with the um, why we're talking about this party. And we found out the significance of the three agents, that they were all these pages were all New York agents that interviewed Gideon. Right. So that's why Romero was uh, investigating them. But I I remember talking about like what a sloppy piece of um, what a sloppy piece of like security, operational security it was to invite a big party and do all this stuff. But. After I watched this episode, it made it feel like that's not a bad idea. They completely torch and clean the area. They invite hundreds of people there, so you got all kinds of DNA, all it's kinds of hiding fingerprints. Hiding in plain sight thing. Hiding yeah. in plain sight. That's actually kind of smart, especially when the FBI said there was dozens of these parties all, you know. Right. Everyone threw an end of the world party. Right. Now, I do it's feel like, like I, I felt like the FBI is being a little bit too obtuse when you got the F society. And yeah, like, this fucker. This guy's dumb. Yeah, I thought so, too. But I, I had it's a little too bit. too stupid. No, you're too stupid, man. Did, I, I actually bought the pivot that Sam threw us where it's like, oh, they weren't. That wasn't dumb at all. That was actually super brilliant covering their tracks. Yeah. So I, I like it. I was fine with it. I've kind of always been fine with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, th- there's something in the last scene that we didn't mention. Um, that Darlene says about something big they have planned for the bailout vote in D.C. Right. I don't know what that is, uh, and we're not supposed to know yet, but it's it's a little bit of a teaser. Yeah, we also, I mean, we we also know that Elliot himself, I don't think we hit this very hard in the beginning, that he said that the hard part is the after, the follow-through. Yeah. Um, and I think that is, there's some in, important stuff to talk, the to note in this episode that we'll get to later on. But also, um, you know, Elliot. When Elliot was saying that she needs my help and is asking, but she's not being honest about what, is that just a reference to the fact that she's not telling him about Romero yet, or I is there so. something different? Uh, I I think it is. I think it's that, and you know, she doesn't know about the FBI stuff yet. But uh, yeah, it seems like Romero is the big thing there. Okay, I, I thought like maybe there was something more. Maybe there is. All right. Uh, clearly, there's something more that she's not telling us as the audience. Yeah. What exactly is going on? I mean, that's the thing is like Elliot feels very conflicted about how he feels with his sister. He recognizes that she's my sister and I love her and I have to protect her, but she's also manipulating me. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, their first. And this is what so she what does always that mean does. in the context of the cold open, though? She didn't manipulate him into doing all these attacks, she was just. You know, doing hippie bitching about upper society, and he runs with, yes, we must destroy Western civilization. Uh, right. Like, I don't think she pushed him into that. She no, did push no, him no. into taking on taking on the clothes, but how much of this is Elliot's uh, uh, um, a paranoid interpretation of her character and we're not to take serious? Because uh, I feel like a lot a fair of it. bit of it. Because yeah. when we're seeing her on her own, she doesn't seem like she's this nefarious. She feels like she's barely keeping her head above water. Yeah. Yeah, especially the stuff with the Dark Army and Cisco, and like she feels out of her element at almost all times when she's interacting with those groups. Well, what do you do when you're with a guy who, you know, created the thong song? <laughs> right. is, she's not in their league. <laughs> uh, no, it's the proper spelling of Cisco. <laughs> he's he's a router cracker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, we go over to the parking lot attendant who found Elliot. I guess uh, he's freaking out to Joanna about the pressure of keeping her secrets. 
he complains about the low daily allowance, so they give him more money, which doesn't really solve the problem because the problem here is blackmail now, uh, and they're running out of money. Government issue face man says, we got no money for this. I eventually see this guy getting taken out. There's oh, yeah. no way this guy survives even one more episode. Nope. I think uh, Rubber Face Man's going to stick yeah. his forehead in his mouth and suffocate him. <laughs> right. Pour pour his liquid form down his mouth. Uh, <laughs> in the more confirmation, we speculated this $50 a day was some kind of like daily withdrawal allowance or something. Yeah. And it seems like it's widespread. Yeah. Can't live on that shit. Come Unle- on. Unless you're an E-Corp In New York guy. City. How How's the E-Corp guy, you know, rolling deep with all that cash? He's he just, just had got it, personal just, finance. Just had, yeah. just had uh, pallets of it. I mean, department. E Corp's not going to deny him withdrawals, right? <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> like he makes the policy Fair there. Point. So. Yeah. Unless it's a government imposed policy. Even if it is, he just even he's basically is, yeah. stuck his dick in every one of those government agents' mouths. That's true. Yeah. And then smacked him across the face. What with are you going to do? We're too big to fail. Exactly. Go fuck yourself. Give right. us money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Pay me. It's very <laughs> right. very good, fellas. Uh, what did this guy actually see? So he oh, knows so he's that the Tyrell's. Lot of t- yeah, I know he knows okay. that Tyrell's car was there, but what did he? What does he actually know? And Elliot was in it, right? He could ID but, Elliot or point Elliot. But what does he know about Elliot? Nothing. I yeah. mean, he doesn't. It doesn't seem to me like he really knows anything. Well, but I that's could be the thing we something. only know because he he knows more okay. than what we know. You're right. Because he, You're right. though his reaction to Elliot was. You've been here two days, man. Holy he, shit. Yeah, and like he's like, maybe some shit has gone down. Right. So I feel like that that's another p- missing piece of the, that we don't, we're not privy to, and this is just telling us that, yeah, there's more to this story. Okay. That makes a little bit of sense. I, and of course, I could be missing something because, you know, first season is pretty dense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go over to Angela walking the streets, listening to her motivational mantras. She sees the two E Corp execs who she had dinner with previously, yeah. uh, along with Philip. Uh, being arrested. Philip's not arrested. The two other guys are Saul and so, James. Apparently, she turned Saul in this evidence of this CD full of evidence, mm-hmm. uh, DVD full of evidence, maybe Giga Disc. Sure, <laughs> just like burnt on a Dreamcast or some the shit. The Divix. Yeah, uh, that was E Corp's most evil deed. So, uh, I mean, she's gone down this road, and it's really interesting to me because, like, she's listening to these motivational tapes, and she's. She gets to the line about all of my dreams are coming true right now. As she is. And she's she is, looking at the guys who poisoned the water yep. that killed her mother. Uh, I I have to imagine that she's looking at that thinking, I'm tearing pieces out of this machine. Yeah. But those pieces are going to be replaced. Right. The, this isn't actually, like, all of my dreams are coming true is falling flat in her ears. Right. As this is happening. Uh, you know, it is it something that can be solved or or can her dreams actually come true with Elliot's plan? Is that something that she would be interested in if she heard about it? Hmm. If she knew that he was involved? Well, I'll tell you what, she's working herself to be a vital cog in his machine if it ever if that ever comes to pass. Right. Yeah, I mean as much as Allsafe gave him access, holy shit. Right. Yeah, she's like <laughs> the Trojanist of horses. Maybe she is. Yeah, I'm. I'm still like this is where no, I get real come confused on. with Angela. After this episode, you still still think that she's she's straight up. I don't know what her deal with this lawyer is because one minute she's telling her one thing, the next minute she's telling her another for no real reason. I don't know why she goes to her lawyer who's on her side and is like, is "I like my job. I'm, I'm not going to do what you wanted me to do. I'm not going to turn him in. I'm just going to continue down this E Corp road." And the next episode, she comes back and flips it. 
I don't understand and I don't like it. Well, I feel like she felt a little spurned by the lawyer last season and underappreciated. And some of this is to prove to the lawyer that she's formidable as well as to the herself only, and Ecorp. I guess. The only thing... And also that, maybe she needed the lawyer to back off so that she could soften Ecorp up for, you know... I. I, I, you're right. I'm, I'm it's, trying to fill in gaps of my own understanding and motivation here because Angela, is which is lit- reasonable. And the other thing is, she's lit. Ever since she told the Prada guy to get me my shoes, bitch, she has been completely inscrutable. Right. That's like, the her problem. I have gives you nothing. That's the biggest problem I have. Is she treats she's... her lawyer the same way she treats Philip Price. Yeah. I don't. I don't get her. Her at eyes all. get a bit moist around the edges from time to time, but it's hard to know. If that's because she's being upset with the stuff she hears or she's the last vestiges of the good Angela trying to put up a fight. Right. It's – And the lawyer is kind of the stand-in for I'm not complaining. I'm thinking it's pretty – it's actually great what she's – Oh, really? See, I I don't like any of it. I'm – Huh. You'd rather know where you stand with her? Yes. Uh, Why? Even though we have like the proxy of the lawyer there going, what the fuck are you doing? Whore. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't call Angela whore. I no, would but call she her, did. She did. I would call her inscrutable, though, and the lawyer calls her that. Yeah, essentially. And but that's the last conversation. Even with that proxy, I don't. I don't that's like the last it. conversation they had. She she called her whore by way of a five minute joke. Right. And then they're like, "How did that? Or did, how's Angela? What'd she do? Call up and be like, hey, long time. Right. How does that conversation long go? Long time no see. I, I was yeah. thinking about that whore thing you said. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's get together for a drink. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's I don't know. Angela's the least. Uh, well, okay, Joanna's the least interesting at this mm. point. Angela's second. Well, I think they're super interesting. They're just not, to my mind, believable at this point. That could right. change because I just don't know what fucking game they're playing. But what my mind is filling in about what I think about their motivation stuff just doesn't feel plausible. That's not the same thing as not as being well, un- implausible. It's just that's where I'm at with right. the characters now. And, and to me. When I'm interested in something, I'm understanding the motivations of the characters, and I'm trying to anticipate their next moves as they're doing them. And when I can't do that, I start mm-hmm. to lose interest because gotcha. they don't feel like real people. All right. Whereas, like, so much of this show, like, also feels like real people dealing with real problems. Like, yeah. I, I really love that first scene between Darlene and Elliot because that feels so natural. It's just a brother and a sister, like, reconnecting. Yeah. And they feel so good in that role, you know, then it takes a darker turn. They had to, t- they had to, get, they had to smoke a couple bowls to overcome Elliot's social awkwardness. Right. Because he was right. just going to dismiss her out of hand. He was, yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Until she knitted on him. Yeah. Knitted all over him. Uh, okay, I guess let's move on to Elliot and Ray playing chess. Uh, Ray beats him handily. And Elliot wants to play again, but Ray's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is insane. Take the board. Play yourself. Practice. Uh, you'll get better. And then Elliot considers confessing to Ray, but Mr. Robot tells him not to. It's funny that um, Ray and Mr. Robot are encouraging him to do the same thing, which is because pl- uh, Ray says you should, you should play chess with yourself. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Robot says if you want to release tension, go jerk off. Right. There's both euphemisms for masturbation, like uh-huh. you know, jerk off, play with yourself. Um, okay. Also, Mister Robot. I mean, it's I don't know, man. My ears always pick up pick up when the Mister Robot uh, alternate reality version of Elliot is pleading with him not to do something, and it seems like 
to this point, he's been all gung-ho about him getting back to a terminal and even helping Ray. Because, uh-huh. like, a couple episodes ago, he's like, yeah, you should help him out. It'd be feel good. Don't you remember what it used to feel like? And now he goes to work for Elliot, and he's like, please, I beg you, don't do this. And mm-hmm. what's his game? I mean, this I mean, is we're all... We're not at that scene yet, so... Well, this is all Elliot trying to make a decision. Yeah. And it's, like, it's represented by the two sides of his psyche doing battle here in a chess game. But really... Ultimately, it comes down to, am I going to continue down the path that I've set out for myself? Right. And making that decision is very tough for Elliot because now the stakes are high. This is the hard part afterward. Right. right. So I, I really love, like, you know, not only the metaphor of the chess game, but also th- these two halves of this person doing battle mm-hmm. uh, and trying to come to a conclusion, with which is where they should go with their life, what they see, their dreams, you know? Uh, you told me you looked into some of this chess stuff. I did too. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you see the significance of this move? I did. So this first game that they play, this this game with Elliot and Ray, is apparently called the Immortal Game. Right. And it was played in 1851, and it was widely considered to be like the greatest chess game ever up to that point, and in some circles still. I was say it's still considered. Yeah. Uh, and that that final classic. move, like it's basically one where. He sacrificed two two rooks and a queen yep. to bait a, a, the other guy into a, a checkmate position. And, and basically said, like, I did this to show that inactive pieces are useless, are far more useless than active pieces. So is this, the two rooks and a queen, could that be Mobley, uh, Romeo, or Romero, and uh, Darlene? It could. It could. The Mr. Robot sacrificing to... Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much checkmate. how much you think uh, Angela he's willing to to give up. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, d- does Darlene or show the, up in the, the dream or sequence? Or is the White Rose the queen and <laughs> Angela and Darlene are the rooks? I, uh, I I don't remember if Aunt, or if Darlene shows up in the dream sequence later. Yeah, is oh yeah, there? totally. She She's at the table. Okay, because I know Angela was. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't remember about Darlene. So and his fish. It, it seems like... Did you notice he, that? Uh, I did, yeah. At the right-hand position. There. At the right-hand position. Yep. Most important place at the table. Uh, it, it seems like his future that he envisions is one where all of those people are still there. Mobley's there. Well, that's Darlene's what Elliot there, wants, Angela's but Mr. There. Robot, he's the honey badger. He don't give a shit. He just takes what he wants. Right. Although Mr. Robot right. also asserts that he doesn't do anything that Elliot doesn't want to do already. Right. I mean, they, they are the same person. Yeah. Ultimately. But, yeah, so I, I wonder, like, would he be willing to sacrifice those people for, for this? Obviously, Romero's not there, which is interesting. Well, Mr. Robot also threatened to kill himself if Elliot divulged in for, like, did something to hurt the movement. So I feel like that Mr. Yeah. Robot's willing to sacrifice anything. Seems like it. I mean, that's everything. That's his entire universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's, I guess, move on here. Uh, Angela tells her lawyer that she's figured out what Philip's motivations are. There's something about her in the water scandal agreement, uh, and Philip is using her. Like, there's this class, a- class action lawsuit, and mm-hmm. they're coming to an agreement about, this later we find third-party uh, in- inspections on inspections. a certain plant. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's it's looking it's shaping up to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a lot of questions that I think are answered later, but th- this leverage that Philip is building that she talks about is apparently the nice apartment and the nice job and sure. the money 
if you, uh, all of the nice things she has gotten since she became an E-Corp. Yeah, if, if, you Prada, don't, if you don't have leverage over someone, the first thing you got to do is get leverage. Right. You can't no have leverage point. over someone yeah. with nothing to lose. Exactly. So you have to give her something to lose. Right. And then the stakes become higher. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it seems fairly smart from Philip. I, I don't know what his game is necessarily either, but mm-hmm. we'll get there. Uh, Mr. Robot then suggests that he and Elliot play a game of chess for the right to exist. Whichever one loses goes away for good. And uh, Elliot tells Krista about it, and she tells him, basically, annihilating part of himself is not the answer. Mm-hmm. This is more about integration of personalities, right? right. You need to you need to reintegrate these these two halves of yourself into one whole, right. uh, I would think. But Elliot doesn't seem to see it that way. He's all about annihilation. Right. Every, everything we do, according to him, is annihilation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting seeing Mr. Robot describe the state of death since he is, you know, the his father, Elliot's father himself, is actually dead. Right. It was, like, very meta. Right. Uh, White Rose and Philip converse on the phone about their vague plans with some some plant and Angela. And then White Rose wants to move faster, but Philip's like, no, we need to, it'll take some time, but we'll get this done. Someone comes into White Rose's room with the details of the FBI investigation into F Society's headquarters, and uh, White Rose tells him to look into it. I'm going to start using the the pronoun of how White Rose is representing. I think that makes the most sense. Okay. So in this scene, I'll say she. Okay. All right. When, when he looks like a he, I'll say he. Okay. That's, that's what you want to go with? That's a choice I, that White Rose I is making. I haven't heard her express a preference on how she, she wants to be, but I, I, right. I, I actually think at, at this point that I'm comfortable saying she. Okay. Uh in this scene, certainly. I'll I mean, it seems she... like when she like uh, doesn't need to fit into the old boys club that she presents as a woman, and she's got a boyfriend who she's feminine with. So, okay, whatever, right. man. Uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot in this. scene. There's a lot yeah. in this, especially if you, if you think of. But the, it's all the, vague. The, the final scene of last season where White Rose and Philip are talking before, mm-hmm. and she comes in and says. You know, we need to talk, or he he says we need to talk, and Philip says I just want to enjoy the music, and she draws a parallel between the harps with the instrument that uh, that Nero played, mm-hmm. the the infamous in- Emperor ne- uh, Nero, while Rome yeah. burnt fiddles. Sure, yeah. So then he in this ep- this episode uh, says Rome burnt in a day, but it wasn't built, um, seeming to kind of make another connection. I saw some speculation on Reddit where people are starting to think that Philip and White Rose, it, it seemed kind of obvious that they meant for this worldwide meltdown to happen. Right. To, and Philip wants to usher in an e-coin. Like you destroy the U.S. dollar, the dominant, you know, kind of financial instrument of the world, and then you substitute your own, like, Bitcoin encrypted current, cryptocurrency. So now you okay. actually are even less reliant on the government because you're minting your own money and and your you know your own your own treasury at this point, right? Uh, now there is evidence to support this. If you go back to the first episode of the season, yes, there is a sign in the bank that says, says "Ecoin is here." Um, now I, to me, 
this goes deeper. I, I think it's more interesting when you make the Chinese connection too, because you know, in the real world, right. there are a lot of uh, Chinese Bitcoin miners right. that have you know flooded the market of Bitcoin and mm-hmm. and kind of reduced its value. But if they had been doing that at the very beginning, which some of them did, those Bitcoins when they were ten worth ten cents would now be worth twelve hundred dollars each, and they would have millions of them. Right. So this could be this could be a, a double edged sword here, or not a double edged sword. That's the opposite analogy I'm looking for. Like a win win mm-hmm. for both you know White Rose and Philip. In that Philip gets to uh, you know eliminate this dollar like you were talking about and right. institute an e coin that he controls yeah. that E Corp controls. Uh, and White Rose and the Dark Army could be benefiting from it financially based on that. Well, also the in the season one after credit sequence at the very end of the season, w- the White Rose specifically mentioned a particular rare earth mineral mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's mentioning the, you know this this plant again that that rare earth mineral is used in the manufacture of transistors. So it could okay. be they're differing in what like you know he wants to further his world domination through some kind of encryption strategy, uh, encrypted currency strategy. She wants to take it over with like implanted devices or it's got backdoors or like that. I, I I don't know that part, but it seems like they're working together to bring this collapse. Uh, and that's why, you know, it, Elliot and his team succeeded. But now what Elliot now, says, I... the hard part's coming now because there's the, the, the second part of their master plan is about to go off. And unless Elliot is able to head that off, then E Corp and white Rose and all this whole consortium is going to be better off than they started. And I know there's not okay, so not firm connections between all that stuff because the show hasn't right, given right. them, but that seems to be, you know, that he you literally was Nero. He didn't give a shit. He was he was enjoying music while this thing that he engineered took place. Yeah, I I want to say that's maybe going a little too far, like saying that he wanted this whole thing to happen. I think maybe. Maybe White, he adapted to this thing happening, but White Rose for sure worked with him. Wor- worked with, I mean, she was instrumental to the hack. Yet she's also working very close but with Price. What? So, I, I guess at that point, like, what do they need Elliot for? Like, if this guy can, the Patsy. Like, you need they can't do it themselves. They could create a Patsy. Cisco could be their Patsy. Like anybody could be their Patsy. Why specifically? Why Elliot? the I mental, mean, I know why the mentally ill guy, I, <laughs> the unstable guy? Sure, I, mean, uh, I make great passes. I suppose so. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, that's I suppose my. It could be that, right. That's, that's my. That's what my gut's telling me. Yeah, of all the different ana- reads of how their relationship and stuff, that's the one that I think is. But Philip has so much to lose, right? He's already the dominant player in a worldwide economy. But he has weaknesses. Why? He's he can be called on the carpet by these governments if he essentially, you know, E Corp becomes a sovereign power to but itself. But can he? I mean, we're already talking about too big to fail. It's yeah, but but he's he's still floating on a financial system that he himself does not own or create. Right. Like the treasury could fuck with his interest rates, and that's going to screw up a strategy. If he's got his own currency, then that can never happen. I suppose I don't know. I mean, I I'm not sure how much your own currency would actually give you control. You're right. Over it because I, I don't know because that's completely unprecedented. Right. Like if you're making a like billion it's Bitcoin, dollars, it's, it's open. Source if you're making a billion crazy. dollars, that's cool. But if you make a billion E Corp dollars, is that even cooler? Is that somehow? It seems to me that that would be yet another. 
it could something be. you could leverage and, and, and turn into something powerful. It could be, yeah. It, it's it's another bit you can flip to kind of get to your own advantage where I mean it's almost like the flip- currency exchange and stuff is not, you know, you can profit from that, but you can't exactly control it. It's almost like forget owning the means of production. I'm going to own the actual production itself. And what production like, means. I'm going to own the GDP. I'm going to right. own the the resource that we use to track your productivity. Yeah. Like it's fuck the company store. I got the company money. I got everything. Yeah. I mean, that's there I don't you need go. A store that, anymore. I just what if their their aim is to turn the entire world into the company store situation where you go, you know, you 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 mine, you get paid in company dollars. You can only spend them at the company store. Like right. it's it's another way to just really send those tendrils of control through people. Yeah, it's you know, I go back to the to Princess Leia telling Tarkin, you know, the more you tighten your grip, the more star systems the more slip Doge through your fingers slip through your right like at some point the stranglehold becomes so tight that the populace rebels right i mean that's the 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 well what, yeah, is, what is the movie called in theory the systematic destruction of the bourgeoisie i mean oh yeah yeah that's the careful massacre careful massacre of the bourgeoisie mm. that's exactly what would happen if you strangle too tight i mean look at this, do- this dude the- 50 bucks a day i can't live on that bullshit like you don't want to you don't want to press too much right yeah, yeah, I I get that, and that's like you know a lot of people. That's also the boil the frog theory. Like, right. if you just clamp down and did everything all at once, that's why you know the Second Amendment people are always like super panicked about any attempts to regulate because they see that as a slippery slope. They'll inevitably take away the thing that they feel like they need to be safe and independent and free from government tyranny. Which yeah. is you know if you just if you just uh, look at it from an isolated intellectual problem, that seems pretty unassailable. Well, it makes me wonder how much F society actually understands about this plan because well, and, and if human they nature see, and yeah, right. If they see ecoin being instituted as a substitute for the dollar and mm-hmm. just essentially propping up the system they just tried to destroy, uh, and not only propping it up but giving it you know bigger barrels, what do they understand that that's in the process of happening? I don't know. Does Darlene get it? Is that what this this bailout thing she's talking about is is going to be? Well, like, see, that's the thing. She still I think, seems focused on this one particular aspect of the, and, and of that's E-Corp. what I got from this White Rose Phillip meeting is this bailout thing is a distraction, right? This right. is a convinc- This is the old way, and they're on the new way. They're on they're, that was the old shit. They're on to the new shit. Yeah. So, and she's I still, still think I think F Society is still on the old shit. I do too. I think they're looking in the wrong place. They have yet yeah. to get because they need because Elliot. Elliot. Yes, yeah. you're right. Elliot's been sidelined. Elliot's been offline. Right. They need him. Yeah, he does have some, you know, for as antisocial as he is, he has some insight into people. Right. Uh, via hacking or just via intuition. He's got some ability to read people and understand situations like these other F society fools don't. Right. Did you see, man, the, the, so similar to the way Breaking Bad and The Leftovers and True Detective gets, like there's levels of analysis here that take place that are mind-blowing. There is a what whole color thread was on, shirt? There's a whole thread on Reddit that said when White Rose held up their earrings and said, which do you like better, the left or the right? Uh, there's people that said that that's going to indicate that White Rose is going to give up the left or right side of the table. In, in Elliot's dream world on his right hand were mostly like E-Corp dudes. 
and on the left side were mostly F society dudes and dudettes. And but, but they're not like, totally true. I remember Mobley I mean, no, sitting on the, the hey left. Man, you're not going to get in, the, in, in front of the hype the right. train, man. Okay. The hype train has no brakes. Fair. But but yeah, that's it's that that's that's what okay. people are doing now. And I'm pretty because, confident calling bullshit on that. Because the other thing is that this dovetails nice with the the internal monologue Elliot just had with people keeping up appearances. Uh-huh. Even someone as powerful as White Rose, who, as far as we can tell, her and Philip control the fucking universe, mm-hmm. still asks her lover. What do you prefer? I want to look nice to you. Okay. I thought that was more the thing they're going for than a left hand, right hand who gets <laughs> offered up to the FBI as Patsy situation. But I could be I could be wrong. All right. Uh let's move on. Let's. Joanna goes to see Scott Knowles to get her husband's severance package released. She offers to testify that Tyrell never came home the night of his wife's murder in exchange for the money. The guy tells her to go fuck herself. He actually says Tyrell's baby gets what it deserves, nothing. Well, there's a, a lot of interesting things that people noted here in this scene where, like, you know, when we first meet this character, what's his, his last name? It's the first name, Scott. He's Knowles. The CC, Knowles. Yeah. First meet Knowles, he's like this wine con- connoisseur talking about how you right. got to properly enjoy it yeah. and, uh, you know, appreciate all the fine qualities. And he's just guzzling wine in this scene. Yeah. Also, they, he, he specifically mentioned the, the wine bottle he's chugging through now. That was his prized possession. Oh, was it? Yeah. That was the bottle? Oh, something shit. that you would savor on a special occasion. Okay. And now after after his wife has died and after he's burnt $5.9 million in front of everyone, is humiliated, he's just guzzling his prized possession. Yeah. Uh, his life is being systematically ruined. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. And he gives no fucks about Joanna and her situation. Right. And and as a matter of fact, he he hates Joanna because she's associated with Tyrell and he hates the child. And like, What's the real story of Joanna? Does she need money? It seems does she like it, yeah. not need money? Does her, I trust does her tearful blowjob at the end mean that she sincerely doesn't want money at this time? She just wants. I think she needs money. Some underemployed waiter. I, so that that's interesting. Like her her dreams not panning out for her, not making her happy, uh, and that's all tied up in Elliot stuff. And and we can talk about that later. I think she actually does need money though. Like you need money to live. And you need money to maintain whatever fucking operation of payoffs she's got but going. But she also offers Tyrell up. Right. So is she loyal to Tyrell? Is she? I, I, oh, no. I don't think she's loyal to Tyrell anymore. I think that ended season one, When honestly. he killed... Okay, okay. Well, when he started to crack, she's, like, trying to push him back in the right direction. And then, like, yeah, halfway in, she's like, nope, nope, so I'm she, done with you. Okay. So is she taking his phone calls? We haven't seen her take his phone calls. I mean, We've seen her miss one. Yeah, I was gonna say she missed it. She didn't ignore it. Right. So it's very it, it's ambiguous. It's it's uh, the the spinning top and inception before you see it fall or not. Yeah. God damn the show. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I think I okay. got all yeah. that I want to say about that scene. Let's move on to Darlene uh, getting off the subway. She thinks she's being followed through the city. Pretty paranoid. Uh, eventually, Cisco bumps into her and tells her to meet him in a bar. She does, and he reassures her that these these killings that are happening aren't the Dark Army. That's it's not their calling card, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, she reveals that Elliot doesn't know about Romero, and Cisco says you need to tell him. Then they go in the bathroom and have sex, and Darlene tells, or he tells Darlene that the FBI is on. I to love him, how the, the offers to help. I love how the sex was essentially a semicolon in the scene because like they just smash cut to the sex, and then there's more, and then the rest of right. the you know, yeah, yeah. 
And she got all hot and bothered that he cares for her as a person, and then... Yeah, con- like, serious conversations while, like, immediately post-coitus, or, mm. like, while you're still inside someone. Yeah, I yeah. just, like... One other thing. Beyond the pale. That's too much. Yeah, yeah. Like, at least exit first. <laughs> Come on. Have you ever planned a worldwide conspiracy, Jim? You're right. I haven't. May, I don't you, know You what... wouldn't take some time to savor the O. You would just go right on with business. You I guess know? so, you know? You gotta get stuff done. Yeah, the train's gotta run on time, man. <laughs> That's how White Rose has sex every single time. <laughs> just like... All business. I was like, I made a joke uh, when he was talking about they found your spot. I thought it'd be funny if she said, "Well, at least someone has." No, no. <laughs> get off. Uh, yeah. So there, there's a lot of you know. You, you got the did you? So you're, there's, there's two types of people in this world. Mm-hmm. Ones that ears perked up when they heard about Operation Berenstain, yeah. and ones that didn't. Mine didn't. I was you, thinking so you've not heard of the Man- bears. So, so I, I think I just talked about this recently on a lunch. Have you heard this mandala theory? No. Where okay, so there are people that believe that, like, there is an alpha version of the universe, and somehow we got shunted matrix style into like a beta version, and there's various glitches in the matrix. Like some people swear that when they were a child and they're reading the Berenstain Bears books, do you remember the Berenstain Bears? Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah. Okay, that Berenstain was spelled a different way than it is factually spelled. I thought it was with an E. That I've is seen correct. It spelled with an A. That is correct. I think okay. people assume it was Baron Stain with an A. But it's not. It's not. I it's remember it being S- an E. Yeah. So do I. But there are some people to swear up and down. Now, it would be would be super hilarious <laughs> is if we actually got it backwards. Because that would just essentially okay. fit the facts. But, yeah. but regardless, there's people to swear that that is like one of those glitch in the Matrix style that we... that, that uh, that's called a glitch in your brain. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. You do it every week on this podcast. But it's interesting when it's obviously being referenced for a reason. Right. Uh, and in a show where it's all about your trippy perceptions and being unreli- and, and unreliable narrators that, huh. you know, it, it, you wonder, like, what is the FBI? Is, is, is Elliot a product of the FBI somehow? Mm, okay. Like, like, because, because if if we said that for some reason E Corp needed him to pull off this attack so they can boost themselves and further into the stratosphere, right? Then could they use some kind of chemical manipulation of him to get this, achieve this effect? So he's a, literally the perfect patsy because he has no oh, memory man. of everything that happened. Like it's <sighs> it's imagine like a uh, you know Lee Harvey Oswald that has amnesia as soon as he kills JFK, right? Like, but he's even a better patsy that? than he already is. I don't know how you can guarantee that. Pharmaceuticals, man. Pharmaceuticals are not a well, not a really. Man, you're talking about a universe well where thing. E Corp literally controls the the world. Like, I if they if they want to have some kind of right, crazy but, drug that they're going to slip into his uh, methadone or whatever he was taking, that's too far. You don't know how it's going right. to react with human physiology. You know, agreed. Or so, it could be some kind of psychological thing that they did to him. I don't know. I don't know what Berenstain is. I'm just saying that the, the, the okay. that the Berenstain thing refers to this mandala effect. That you can right. research, and there's like a whole subreddit dedicated to people that are convincing themselves that they live in a bubble universe. Okay, sure. I don't know why the one above this has to be alpha. Why couldn't the one above that be alpha? That be beta. This one be zeta. I like, think they wouldn't care either way. I mean, the, okay. the, 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 the reality is they were fucked with, We're man. a bad carbon copy. Right, Ugh. right. 
disgusting. And they're 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 lying about it. What good are dreams when you're a zero? The lizard people are lying to us about the Berenstain Bears, man. <laughs> and the moon landings. Uh so the the real pressure here is is brought down. Like, okay, the FBI's on to you. You can't leave because the Dark Army would object and see that as, you know, uh, a weak link and they would take you out. She's kind of stuck in this position now, right? She's she's forced into figuring it out trying to to one-up the fbi mm. i guess like i i suppose the dark army could find you uh, it'd be tough if you went off the grid but why would they have trouble finding it because she's went the effort to contact you know she's one of the two operatives that actually was in contact i think no i mean find if, her she, easy. if she ran I, if, she, I, if you run and go off the grid in yeah, fucking Wisconsin or some you shit, go they're Greece never going to find start you. Start doing pit fighting, then right. yet you, you can't be found. You're just a black just hole. At that don't point. have a phone. Don't use computers. You're okay. good. All right, no problem. Live in, uh, you know, move back in with your mom. Apparently, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk really about the mom stuff and a little bit more about where Elliot might actually be. Okay, I, I think, so one reading is this: is that the mom is a figment of his imagination. Mom is dead. What? Well, no, because... Well, the reading that I'm leaning toward is he is, in fact, in an institution. I can't talk. Uh, And Darlene is coming to visit him in this place. And the mom is actually not their mom. And she asks, why would you do this to yourself? And... So you commit... That being, yeah, him committing himself, not him moving back in with his mom. Because there's a lot of vague language around that. And... And it could point to I'm kinda, either one. Man, I'm weird. I'm, I think I'm back on the mental institution pr- slash prison I am too. theory. I am too. Yeah. Like, I don't think it quite goes as far as everybody wants it to go. Yeah. I think it's more like, uh, you know, not everything is revolving around that, but I think he is in a mental, mental institution and is just kind of imagining now, his mom's Interestingly house. enough, I, I read in Seppenwall's review that he doesn't seem like he, he, for the first time, talked about, he had his own spoiler section where he talked about this theory. Hmm. Um, and he's not a fan. He says, I don't want the show to go down a, a, a place where we can't trust anything that they show. Well, you can. There are some things you can trust. I don't know that that's true. Well, I... You can trust that flashback. That flashback you? with Darlene and Elliot, I think you can trust 100%. Hmm. Um, like I said, the stuff with well, Elliot not on the that? screen. Why do you say that? Just because it's a neutral POV? Y- yeah. Like the stuff yeah, where seems... Elliot's narrating to us, that that's, that's an unreliable narrator, but anything that doesn't have narration we can trust is your... That's actually not a bad theory. I mean, that that's part of it. Like, okay, if Elliot's not on the screen, like all the stuff happening with Darlene and Cisco and White Rose and Philip, all of that is reliable, 100%. Okay, Angela's stuff, all right, all reliable. The only Fair thing enough. that isn't is Elliot himself. And yes. I, and, and the things that Elliot is, is showing us. Yeah, and I, I think you're right that, that I, I thought that that was a little knee-jerk to be like, well, if this sucks, it's going to suck. But it also could be mind-blowing and cool. That's the thing. I uh, So a lot of people sussed out the Mr. Robot being his father and not being real and all this kind sure, of stuff. Sure, I thought that was fairly obvious. To... Way early on. And now I feel like the mental institution stuff they did the in episode one, people were on that train. Yeah. Of season two. So if that is the big reveal, it's I am going to feel a little bit. a couple million people. I know, and and I, it's the old problem of you, think it's you know be the internet breaking all of your best laid plans. I don't. The, the, I don't think it's going to be disappointing. It's just going to be like okay, whatever. Saw that coming. Yeah, it's not going to be the big impact that they want it to have. Yeah, when you finally realize, oh my god, he's been in a mental mental 
Mensa, I don't know, dude. I think you've, you've in a Mensa my institution all along. Yeah. He's... So I don't know because that was like early on in last season of Fargo, you got impatient when there was a mystery that was resolved for the audience, but the characters were still going through it. I feel like that's right. You, that's just something you don't like. Um, whereas I still think you can get pleasure from watching a puzzle be put together. Like you know, like going right, in, like you know oh, this is eventually going to be a picture of a frog on a flower. Mm-hmm. But when the final piece clicks into place, it's still satisfying. But yeah, that's fair. That's also, I feel like that's how invested you are in the characters, and but it's know, not going to be how... mind blowing. Yeah, that's the difference. Like it'll be, uh, yep, okay, cool. But versus, a, oh my god. But wasn't so. I will say that when I first read that thread on Reddit about the mental institution slash prison theory, that my reaction was, oh my god, right. So it's like. When is it more powerful to have the mind blowing the thing at the beginning where you see the plan laid out and you watch okay. it executed, or be ignorant of it as the plan is unwinding and then be like, "Holy shit, they're right! It's a trap." I mean, it it saves me because I I felt like I wanted to see all of season one again to make sure all the Elliot stuff tracks, and it did. Um, but it's more efficient to know that that's what's going on up front so you can see stuff that confirms or denies it. Right, for sure. But it's also the plan of the creator to not have you know that until later, right? Unless, unless in because, fact, man, he just acknowledges, yep, the internet's going to break this and let's just lean into it. And, and also, and maybe throw he in never even, reveals it. Maybe it's hmm. just speculation. How I don't know that you could not reveal that your main character has been in a mental institution for an entire season. Uh, yeah. Okay. Unless you, get, unless you have a St. Elsewhere snow globe type moment. <laughs> but even then, they reveal it, yeah? Just never? Just never? What are you just, talking just about? Just never, like, like, kind of like the end of, uh... Yeah, just never. End like, of uh, Sopranos? Yeah, Leon, you know, becomes a staple in Elliot's fade life. To black. And, yeah. Okay. I don't, I... <laughs> see, that's my bugaboo. I don't, I don't like... Ambiguous it, endings? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Although, and that's the thing, like, I usually try to resolve the ambiguity. ambiguity. Yeah. Uh, and if I can't, it, it feels frustrating. Okay. Uh, let's keep going. We've got uh, Leon recounting the Good Samaritan episode of Seinfeld to Elliot and asks why he's carrying a chessboard around. Elliot says it's for existence. Uh, Leon's into it, and he asks if he dreams about what his life could be. Leon's totally a figment of his imagination at this point, right? Because this this I, version I of Leon so. came out of nowhere, right? This philosophical version of Leon, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Leon's always been a philosophical guy. He just hasn't expressed it yet. Oh, uh, I mean, he's all he's all over the the Seinfeld and what it means. It's just the point that it's like you have to envision a future before you know if you're willing to fight for it, right? And that's something that Elliot sense. has been kind of. You know, was he just doing this because his sister put it up to him? Is he doing this because he's got guilt, unresolved guilt for his fault? What does he want out of life? Has Mr. Robot done that? Mr. Robot might have the vision mm, that be, Elliot yeah. doesn't understand yet. Could be, could be. Uh, because we certainly see during his actual dreams that, you know, this big E-Corp tower has collapsed. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's real interesting. We get, we then go over to Joanna's boyfriend, I guess. Painting a picture of, of taking her to Madrid. This is not the same guy? No, I don't think so. No? I, I couldn't swear to that, but I thought that... Because it, it's dark, but I thought for sure it's a different guy than the one that was oh, blood shit. in her lip the time before. I thought it was the same guy. Yeah, you might be right. 
Wow. Okay. If you put a gun uh, in my head, I couldn't swear that it's the same. That it's a different dude or same guy. All right. Well, I acknowledge that I could be wrong. I'm operating under the idea that this is the same guy. Okay. Uh, she says, you know, he's never going to be able to. That'll never happen. And actually, that's why I'm dating you. None of the stuff that Tyrell gave her made her happy. It's funny because you can clearly. I mean, it would be hard to take all this shit coming from this woman that uh-huh. you've got an inexplicable feelings for. And you can see, like, he's not, like, you know, he, she, he's, he, I guess it, they're portraying him as kind of stupid, too, because he's like, I'm yeah. being insulted. How do I feel about that? Oh, she's blowing me. Okay. Uh, I don't right, have to feel right. anything. Um, I, I, I don't get Joanna. And I, I feel like that she's lying in this scene, but I don't know why. Why does she, why is she keeping this guy or guys around in her orbit? Just to fulfill a physical need? Is it I, I to, can't tell because, because she's like going to her... use them as pawns later? I don't know if she's manipulating him or if this is a genuine breakdown from her. Well, I think it's a Scott genuine thing. breakdown, like, but what she's saying I don't think is literally true. She does need money. She does want those nice things. She hasn't given up on her she dreams needs money, to be but wealthy that's, and powerful. But it's not making her happy. She's well, acknowledging she that... She was, they were mid, her and Tyrell were midway through whatever fucking life plan they were doing, and it got interrupted. But by, she got a taste of it, certainly. I mean, she was living in a fucking brownstone in New York. Like, she lived in the high life. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, do you think that she's sincere and that didn't make her happy? She didn't make her happy because she didn't get enough. She didn't get to where she's going. Or do you think that she genuinely... I... I I'm taking her at her word here. When, when she's I think also, the things that she had didn't make her happy, and she's rebelling she's going the opposite way this time when a person that is the other thing is like when a person like joanna or tyrell or even elliot says i'm not happy Mm -hmm. i don't know what that means because they're so far outside of what i describe a normal person and Uh, and normal right human emotional thought patterns and goals and ambitions and desires that like what would happiness for you look like happiness for you might look like suffering to me and, you know, the fact that she, like, right, I think they're fair. playing with that with the, the, the BDSM relationships. And just like, she's getting excited by, you know, having her lip bloodied. Right. Which is a fairly extreme, you know, it's not uh, unheard of, but it's it's fairly extreme and uncommon way to get one's pleasure. Right. So are they playing more with that imagery? Because, again, I Tyrell and Price and, and Joanna and, to a lesser extent, Elliot are just... I, I they're they're complete Rubik's cubes for me emotionally and mentally. Okay, well, to me, I mean, this scene is more about the dreams. It's specifically mentioned. It's it's coming off the back of you know Elliot being told he needs to dream and figure out what he wants. Well, mm. Joanna's in a place where she had figured out what she wanted. She got those dreams and they were dissatisfying. So I guess that's the, the and and Madrid boy here is like this. These are the dreams that I have. This will make me happy. And she's telling him, no, it, it won't. And you're not going to attain them. I was going to say they might, but you're not going to attain them because you're you're an idiot, right? Uh, so it it calls him to question the idea of is is dreaming of your future something that's actually valuable? Is or or is figuring out who you are in the moment and and allowing that to lead yourself okay so that's that's that that, that helped me crystallize the question i was trying to get at do you think joanna has given up on her original dream or do you think that her dream deferred is what's got her disillusioned okay because i don't think she's given up on her i don't think she's given up on her original dream whereas i think the way you were talking makes me think that you did but you might be right i'm just asking i 
Yeah, okay. That's that's a fair question, and I'm not certain I can say that she's given up on it because she's still giving into this blackmail. She's still paying off this guy. There's some semblance of of the notion that she's going to salvage her life. Yeah. She wants his money for some purpose. Right. And I don't think it's just to have a secure life for her baby. And ultimately, I mean, if Tyrell goes down, she can say, I had no idea. I didn't know he killed him. I don't think she's done a Tyrell. Like, That's the other thing I was surprised to hear you say. Okay. Like, I know that she was super disappointed with him and not, you know, and he was <laughs> right. obviously going crazy and all that but stuff. But she did but... support him when he killed, you know, uh, yep. Scott's wife. So, yep. yeah, it's tough to read her, and I, I'm not sure yet. Okay. So Elliot's dreaming about a possible future where he's happy. Uh, he's surrounded by people that he cares about, and he decides at the end that he's going to fight for it. He rolls over and goes to sleep. If you didn't know, the the music box music that's playing in the background is Green Day's Basket Case. Okay. And I don't think you need a real discussion of, because if you just go to any lyric site for Basket Case, like it's a plain reading of a guy who openly questions if he's losing his mind or is he just on drugs or stoned or... Yeah. Uh, but, but, but he's, he's, and he talks about going to shrinks and visiting prostitutes and all this stuff. But like I said, it, yeah. I, I don't think there's any there, there. It's just, he talks guy. about masturbating. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you got the jerking off and playing with yourself. Yep. So, okay. Uh, there's a lot of interesting imagery, uh, reuniting with old friends, I think are his, um, I, I recognize the, uh, you, he was your favorite character from last year. Yeah. Okay. So this, this fucker's ordering brides from Russia, right? From from fucking Scandinavia. Oh, was there's, that? What, I thought there's that no was goddamn just some way striking, this is his wife. Star, striking. I thought this was just some strikingly tall, beautiful woman. I didn't re- remember from the first season. No, you actually think no, he mail ordered a Russian? Oh, Lloyd, come on, Lloyd <laughs> can't pull that. Are you kidding me? Did they have any set? Did there was any legwork for that? Was he like doing I don't think in so, the back? No. Okay, because I I don't I don't remember. Maybe at the party that Gideon threw that first season. Maybe mm. she was there. I can't remember, but I thought uh, she was a coworker. There's no way he just naturally gets this woman. Come on, right? She's a fucking Scandinavian <laughs> goddess. Lloyd's a f- piece of trash. Uh, 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 all right, but I do love Lloyd. <laughs> so the the ones he loves find true happiness. He envisions Darlene getting engaged, uh, and then making Cisco, friends yeah. with people he never thought he'd get uh, close to, which he finds Tyrell and Joanna. Mm-hmm. Invite him over and introduce him into Tyrell Jr. Uh, he makes amends to the poor schlub at the data center that he just Bill? destroyed. Bob? Was that his name? Bill, I think. Yeah. I don't, but but you know he's he's the guy that he just eviscerated emotionally. Yeah. Um, and then he has this future filled with friends and family at the table, and like I mentioned, his fish is there, and he says, "Even you'd be there." And to the empty chair, to the empty which chair, is right? Yeah. Uh, flanked on either side by. Electric candles, which will be significant in this, and in, in, uh, when we start discussing the religious imagery in the feedback section, Mister Robot nowhere to be found. It's true, you're right. <laughs> he does not want any part of Mister right. Robot, which we know. I mean, and the E Corp building is demolished. We know that right. even in his, like, like the ability for him just to walk away and have a normal life is not there because he yeah. cannot have his dream. Is he he wants all this happiness, but he also wants it in an absence. Of E Corp's influence, right? Which is almost a stand-in for Mister Robot, right? Because that's really? kind of interesting. I mean, in some ways, I mean, I guess Mister Robot is the impetus. Him, yeah, yeah the, he's these the things the thing. that keep him in bondage. Well, I, I just mean like Mister Robot is the one pushing for this E Corp stuff. 
Ah, so you're saying that so this, the destruction is not, of this is not destructive. This is a synthesis. This is right. what Krista was essentially uh, yeah, encouraging. Yeah, this integration, I think. Yeah, right. Okay. Seems like it. Because uh, that's the thing he wants the most at this point. So it would be a fair thing for him to dream about. Right. Uh, I don't know how much more you want to say about that, but I'm ready to move on to it was Robot the, playing It chess. was the uh, methamphetamine. It was this, the um, Adderall overdose scene this is the the big showy okay crowd pleasing right. oh my god this guy's a genius scene i liked it yeah it was real good i mean there, there are just a lot of scenes in this that i like this next one being one elliot and mr robot playing chess in the park uh the result being a stalemate every single time mm-hmm. and you know i i like this just on the face of it what it what it says about these two people or th- these two sides of this personality struggling to come to some equilibrium, right? Uh, struggling to actually choose a path and go down it, right? Uh, instead of this stalemate that they've been locked in forever, and then they can't. And it's actually made more interesting when you realize the what the games they're playing are, mm-hmm. because so so the first time they play, they reach a stalemate, and this is actually the shortest possible stalemate in chess. It, it's a game that's entirely artificial. No one would ever play like this, right. but it results in the which I recognize when they were playing. Stalemate. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Elliot is just immediately getting out his queen and just right. swinging for defenses on the back row. I'm like, who the fuck? And Mister Rot moves a rook to yeah, some weird yeah. location. Yeah, when, when I when I because I, I know enough of chess to know like this is not how you play chess. Unlike right. the first game, which seemed like an entirely reasonable. Um, yeah, but then I looked and I, I saw that these were essentially, um, constructed games to show the fastest way to a stalemate and the fastest way to a mutual stalemate. I'm right. Like, that ah. final game is the double stalemate. Yes. So neither of them have a valid move, which I think is, you know, metaphorically interesting. Yeah. And they're both the most efficient way to get to that state. Right. So, uh, it <laughs> kind of shows, you know, that that's, that's the, the, the gridlock that he's in. And it always, it always struck me as weird for someone to play chess against themselves for this exact uh, dude, reason because right. you can never win you know what your opponent is up to because you are your opponent i think so yeah and this is why i can never be a really good chess player because i always got bored to tears but i think the idea is if you sincerely dedicate to beating yourself then it puts you in the a habit of thinking what the other guy's thinking right and that's like that's how you go from being a you know a scrub to a beginning of a good player when you can start anticipating your opponent uh-huh. and and you know baiting them and stuff like that and that's insights you'll never ever have unless you practice that right that two, the, the duality of mind and i i don't have the fucking mental <laughs> perseverance for it yeah uh but it really does seem like this is more you know, pressing the point that these personalities can't be beaten. One mm-hmm. one or the other isn't going to win. They need the to The only way you win in chess is to see past your opponent's potential, and you can't do that when the opponent is you. Right. Uh, so, you know, Elliot at some point decides he's going to use both sides of his personality. Right. Uh, but, but first we go over to Angela, and uh, she's in this parking garage or parking lot, whatever, and she goes up to Philip and tells him her demands, which are essentially a better office and Melissa's job. Now that she's uh, figured out what his plan is. Fairly modest demands for what she's asking in return, assuming that this thing is so linchpinned yeah. to his plans. Seems like it. Uh, so she thinks the plan is to get her to convince the suing class to drop the contingency for this third-party investigation in the agreement. He really confuses her. It's, it's a mind fuck when he tells her it's all in her head. Because uh, she knows she's right. 
but he refuses to acknowledge it. Yeah, so is she right? Fair, fair question. And the other thing is like That's the, the fact that this is asking. a plant that is, and and it's something that uh, is concerning the white rose. But right. her, the mine they're talking about, I remember being in Africa. Okay. So those have to be two separate facilities. Yeah, I think the plant is a water treatment plant, but I don't know why White Rose would have any interest in keeping the plant secret. Right. What's there? I don't know. What are they doing? I don't know. Uh, it's all supposed to be it, intriguing. It, yes, and it, I I think that Angela's right, and I, I that Phillips yeah. is playing a higher game. Maybe this is another thing of like them looking at behind instead of on to his next move. Right. Um, Could be. But yeah, I don't I don't understand still this game. But you're right; yeah. it is intriguing. It is. Uh, so Elliot and talks. it's also he's like uh, the dreams are again referenced at the right. end. He's like it's always good to have dreams. Yep. Is this supposed to be an indication that her dream is still not aligned with her true true desire? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Because I look, I don't understand Angela. I don't pretend to. I don't know what game she's playing, but. She clearly has an end goal in mind, right? I wonder if they, that Sam is, is is slowly maneuvering her into being a villain. It could be because yeah. that's the thing. Like she's been, she, she. I thought there was a pretty, pretty strong character change last season when she just went into Prada bitch mode. But yep. um, I now that it kind of gone back and forth. I mean, some of this stuff is less gray and more just flashing from black and white. But still, it there is like some kind of dark side seduction taking place here. Right. That she is not entirely immune from. And no, I mean, she sees the leverage being created, and at some point she's going to get in too deep. Yeah. And, and how do you. The get fact out of that, that they were friends, and can primarily consider Angela and uh, Darlene were friends, and they're both like anti types. Like, uh, you know, like if you put them on either arm of Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face in Batman Forever, they would be like, you know. The sweet and sour, I forget what the fuck. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's right. blonde, and she's pale, and she's got blue eyes, and Darlene has got dark hair and dark complexion. and brown. That they, they, They're kind of like – but also, Darlene could be the angel. Like, you typically uh, – you know, the person with the, the, the dark right. hair. The lighter features are the angel. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like he's, – he's like upending that. Could be. I don't know. Okay, uh, let's move on to Elliot talking to Darlene on the phone. She's begging him for help, and he's not really... I, I don't know. He doesn't know what to make of it yet. He goes to see Ray. Mr. Robot thinks he's going to confess, but instead he agrees to help Ray with his computer problems in order to get on the IRC channel with Darlene. And then once on there, she tells him Romero's dead. The FBI found their headquarters. What, what is the Elliot significance? The FBI. What's the significance of her saying, I, I want you, only you? I I can't. That's like something you say to your lover. I mean, he's trying he's trying to figure out which personality to go with here. And I don't I don't understand because I want him when, to integrate both of them. But isn't it funny that she says I want she's originally said I need you, I need him, which uh-huh. is part of the manipulation maybe. But then she goes I want you only you and he it's, he interprets that to be the Mr. Robot persona. Okay. Or does I mean, he? Maybe... Because Mr. Robot's not on board with what he's doing at the end. No, here. he's not. So I, I, I'm not sure. Okay. Like the, the the flat out answer I have is I don't fucking know. Okay. Uh, I'm sure plenty of people have interpretations. But the reason I was going to this romantic thing is I wonder if uh, are we in light of your questions early on is like when did he forget that she was his sister and start to have a romantic feelings for him? Is he or, once again? Is this cycle beginning anew? Could be. 
Yeah, I mean, we've wondered aloud about that. Yeah, on the podcast, like, are we going to watch repeat? him come What's full circle? Yeah. yeah, and we know as the audience, but but he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little bit about this init one command. I don't think we need to go there again. Right. But she uses that to 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 stress how important this is to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point in the show, I'm thinking, okay, I'm I'm starting to get impatient. I like the tinges, like the little twinge of impatience is starting to bear itself in my head. And at this very moment, they get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Elliot's cracking into the FBI did, <laughs> from this poor schmo's desktop did you, computer. Did you see all the stuff that they set up, the Easter eggs that they set up in this? Uh, all the tour stuff? Or what are you talking about Easter eggs? So like this simple site migration script that Elliot comments on is actually the setup instructions for Tor. If you know what Tor is, right. Tor is a client that's that's a, one of the pieces of the dark net. It's it's the internet that you can't get to. It anonymizes you. It, it anonymizes yeah. and encrypts your your traffic. So right. like if you want to get involved in illegal drugs or arms trafficking or you know great black market stuff or child pornography, you go to Tor. It bounces you around through a bunch of different nodes that don't have any log files. Yeah. Uh, so that you don't have no your idea where the traffic is sto- stored across to like a button. It's slow as hell, but it effectively anonymizes your tra- your traffic. Unless there's a government honeypot set up in there, which <laughs> so if you actually took the IP address from these tour instructions Ask and put it road. into a, a browser, uh-huh. it displays an onion, a piece of ASCII art that looks like an onion, which, which is the okay. tour logo. Right? Do you think that one of the goals that Sam Esmail has is to get? anonymous encrypted darknet intelligence spread out throughout the world like this is something he believes in like privacy and oh that it certainly by, could be by putting these instructions and stuff he's like you know how many people are going to be introduced to the concept of the darknet and tour for the first time and not just that but like here's literally the instructions to do it if you want right. if, if you look up this you'll find out that this is a this thing is, you can get into this is like, like the dmca stuff right where it's some fight club level shit if that's or, his goal. What was that DES encryption? Was that the uh Triple Des? The, the thing where like 2600 took the code for cracking DVDs mm. uh, and put it up online because there's yeah. nothing illegal about the code, it's about using it. Right. Uh, and they had this big legal battle sure. with the government and Sony and like Yeah. I don't, they, I don't think using Tor is illegal, but it's no, obscure. No, no. Right. It's not. Um, but it's also it's not all about hard. what you do it's, with it. It's all about setting it up and, and the fact that he's giving the setup instructions on the fucking air and then giving so much dap to the... the... Well, there's also the, the idea of torrenting in this episode because he torrents yeah. the... Uh, he uses BitTorrent to download this, the movie sure. that they watch in the very first scene. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here, which I thought was interesting given, you know, the the problems that they have with piracy on this show and many other shows. I don't even know they consider it a problem. I feel like that Mr. Robot's yeah, a loss be. leader for USA, but sure. Uh, certainly they should view it that way, but I just thought it was a little tongue in cheek. You know, they're torrenting stuff in an episode that a lot of people have probably torrented. Right. Um, the other little thing in here is when he gets into this IRC channel yeah. There's an IP address there reference if you put it into the browser it 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 calls up a, a like a fake IRC cha- a bot okay where you're talking to the Elliot character <laughs> and you can have a con- it's like a, like one of those bots where you can have a conversation he mostly responds with what do you mean or I don't understand that but if you input the exact words that um uh his 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 sister 
Um, is it Darlene? Because yeah. I'm about to. She's referred to Dolores Hayes here, which is right, something right. else interesting. Yep. Uh, if you put in all the lines in exactly as they are in the show, Mister uh, um, Elliot then says this exact same thing he says in this show, whereas wait for my instructions. But wow. he then there's a final line uh, that you only get if you're playing this game where he says they have changed their standard issue. We may have a way in, which I think. And then he just disconnects. I think that's a reference to the BlackBerry Android stuff we've already talked about. OK, which I don't I, I wonder if that was just Could cut be. from the episode and they didn't have time to cut it from the ARG or what. But or it. You know, it was meant as another Easter egg for people who but, but found that one. What's hilarious now is now that Sam has got all these details about Tor, everybody's taking all the previous games and running it through to Tor and trying to see if there's like, you know, like, oh, let's do everything like, we did before, but run it through the... through Tor, yeah, like it gives yeah. you a different outcome? Yeah. Hmm. Or yeah, is I'm there, amazed at or the things Or it's a hint for like some of the things in the upcoming weeks, if you want to continue to play this game, you have to have Tor installed. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's what there's Could some be. popular speculation that we're going to get like the these are baby like he's just giving us IP addresses, you punch them in your browser it works. The next level stuff is going to have to you you're going to have to get some skin in the game. Yeah. Could be. Uh That's interesting because also the Tor is kind of an amoral network because if you install it, you're implicit you're implicitly agreeing to let gun runners, child pornographers, and drug dealers to use your computer to anonymize their traffic. Mm-hmm. Just as you're using their computers to anonymize yours. Right. It's a really gray moral area to get into. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, that's kind of one of the lessons of this whole show in yeah. a lot of ways. You know, taking down E-Corp seemed like a good idea in the beginning and beneficial for everyone, but now it's kind of harming regular yeah. people. Uh, the also the IRC channel they're in was ha- a hashtag the gentleman, which is the name of the monopoly faced masked killer from oh, the deliberate massacre of the bourgeoisie. Yep. Uh, her name's Dolores Hayes, which is the uh, the name of the character, the twelve year old uh, in Lolita. Right. That um, and I guess the the narrator of Lolita is one of the classic um, unreliable narrators. Okay. I don't know. I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the Stanley Kubrick movie. I haven't either. Yeah. The heart-shaped glasses that, uh, Del- um, not Dolores, Darlene. Darlene wears are a deliberate throwback to Kubrick's Lolita production because the Lolita in that wears the heart-shaped glasses. Yeah. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people leaning into the Kubrick stuff this episode, which I think is fair. Yeah, and even like the bombastic use of music in the beginning and the, the right. way that it, just the punctuation of the music is it's, very Kubrickian. Yeah. 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 Uh. Balls got balls. If you're if you're going, you know, aping Kubrick. Yeah, yeah, you got to be pretty confident. Uh huh. I'm not sure it quite pulls off, but it's, I don't know. It's there's ambitious. some really interesting stuff going on. That's in this what show. I'm saying. Like that's why. That's what I mean. Like the surface the same level enjoyment is only it. where this show begins. Right. It's the same thing that Kubrick does. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's executed quite as well. Well, but so far so sure. good for me. Um, mm. it's just that same sort of like. I, man, I need to look into this further, and I need to really think about this. So who is this OnStar guy that is babysitting Elliot at Lone, Ray's Lone Star? Is his name OnStar or Lone Star? I thought he was making a joke that this guy, like, if you need help. He's there for help, yeah. If you're lost or you need help, or you call on OnStar. I thought he was making a joke, like, that's not his real name. That's just... I, I want to say his name in IMDb is credited as Lone Star, but okay, I'm, I'm not could, sure. That could be. That could be. All right. <laughs> I didn't have uh, this subtitles is... in this fucking episode because, fun fact, my 
Mr. Robot recording cut the last like four minutes of it off on my DVR. Oh, fuck. So I had to go and use BitTorrent <laughs> to get an, an episode so uh, I could get this damn podcast released on time. That's illegal. You mm. belong in prison. Well, you know what? Uh, you monster. Well, the other thing is I went to fucking On Demand because this was like Thursday morning by the time I discovered that my uh, you know yeah. review copy was fucked up. I went to On Demand and they only had the first three episodes up. Right. So stop time locking your shit, motherfuckers, and I won't go to some shitty torrent site and, and rip it. Right. Day and date. Come on. Yep. Uh, Worldwide. So Lo- Lone Star is the guy from last episode that did the, the knee breaking. Ah. He's, he's the enforcer. He's there to make sure Mr. Robot, Elliot, whatever, does his thing. Okay. And does it right. See, I, I face blind. I had no idea that was the same guy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That's why I'm like, I'm not really sure about random DJ douche being the same guy that she was that was slapping around in the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this this sort of uh, prophetic voice thing that Ray goes on about? This idea that maybe man, there's so many religious references. Yeah. That are lousy. Um, I don't know if it makes him special. It certainly makes him interesting to me, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I'm all for it. Just fucking do it, man. I think I think Elliot that starts to believe that he's a mess- messianic figure is a truly frightening concept. I'll say that. Okay, sure. Like if With he ever, his abilities, if and... he starts believing his own hype, yeah, that that scares me. Yeah, and I mean, you know, maybe Mister Robot left alone to his own devices would be ineffective because he would just go too far. He would get taken out by a dark army or whatever. He needs the other side, which is Elliot. Why did Mr. Robot balk at helping uh, Craig Robinson's character? I, I well, Or was I th- it balking I, I think at he, the fact? Cause, yeah. Cause he he Ray, thought he was going in there to confess his sins, yeah. And, well, and also Ray seems very concerned, like, hey, you stick to task. Don't don't go snoop or anything else. And the first thing that he does is go off task and start going after the FBI using Ray's computer. Right. Is that like the fact? Does Mister Robot not want him getting involved in the FBI? No, I think Mister Robot wants it. I like Mister Robot disappears after so he decides this, not to confess. Do you think that this is? Uh, no, 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 no. Because when he starts saying like you know wait for my instructions, he's like, what are you doing? You don't you don't want to oh, do that's this. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. I feel like is that him trying to be Briar Rabbit? Like, oh don't please don't throw me in this Briar fat uh, Briar patch. <laughs> right. Like don't do uh, it. That's a good Because question. he's been fighting Elliot tooth and nail and it hasn't yes. worked. So is this guy like And now Elliot is seemingly given in. This is the chest stalemate. This is Mr. Robot applying that lesson that like I'm not gonna fight you anymore. Well, I'm gonna fight you on the things I want you to do, and that's gonna make you <laughs> It's, chi- psychology. it's it's refers yeah. it's it's five year old psychology at this yeah. point, but I, I don't, don't know. know. Uh, regardless, he's clearly doing. He's clearly back in the hacking game, which is what Mister Robot wanted, mm-hmm. and what I wanted to. Yeah, as a viewer. Okay, that's it. Before we get the feedback, real quick, I uh, just want to make an attempt to pay the bills. If you haven't considered already, please go to club.baldmove.com and check out the benefits that you get as a subscriber. Chief and foremost is you're enabling us to continue doing the podcast because, you know, if we couldn't do this as a full-time job, uh, our podcast output would drastically uh, be reduced. And we probably wouldn't be doing shows like Mr. Robot. We'd, we'd stick to the, the larger, more established ones. So if you if you appreciate this, uh, the depth of the content and the, the humor and the analysis and the respect uh, as, as, as your fellow fans or trying to bring to the material – 
Uh, you could you could help us out by going to club.ballmove.com. You get a bunch of th- stuff for joining. For for as little as a buck a month, you get uh, ad-free feeds, access to bonus content, access to video content, VIP sections of the forums, lots of other stuff. Go to club.ballmove.com to find out more. And if you can't do that, please go to amazon.ballmove.com anytime you're doing Amazon shopping because it costs you nothing. It doesn't cost you any surcharge or extra shipping. It's just a free way to send Bald Move love, and we really appreciate it. Thanks. We have feedback. Once again, you can uh, leave feedback at robot at baldmove.com, or you can get on our forums at forums.baldmove.com, discuss, chew the fat, chew the robot fat with uh, your fellow fans. Uh, first up, Ange Herod. Uh Mention we we talk about the Highwayman the the Johnny Cash supergroup uh, mm-hmm. the 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 that had the uh, getting dressed music for Dom last uh, episode. Yep, she says the song Highwayman is an interesting choice. To be brief, the song is about how the same spirit goes through four incarnations: the Highwayman of the title, a sailor, a builder of the Hoover Dam, and an astronaut. Each of these four incarnations is both representative of the idea of a frontier during a time in American history. The little frontier. The U.S. reaching into greater involvement in Latin America in the late 19th and early 20th century, such as the Spanish-American War period. The frontier of massive modifications of our environment through science and space. Also, all these prior incarnations are American folk hero archetypes. The highwayman, a sailor, worker, and astronaut. Dominic fits this into this as an FBI agent, which has a semi-mythical status as a G-woman, and who is on the new frontier of cyberspace. Whether we're supposed to see that in her or whether that's the manifestation of how she feels about herself is, of course, open to debate. Hmm. Uh, how does her silencing that song enter the debate? Is she rejecting her status of mythical G-woman? Lawman? Lawwoman? Uh, yeah, maybe she's not very confident in it. Hmm. I thought it was interesting. Is a I... sailor really a, an American archetype? I don't think I don't think American when I think sailor. What do you think? I think uh, Spanish probably. Spanish, really? Yeah. They go British, but then again, the Spanish British, British yeah. Patrick O'Brien. Sure. So um, <laughs> I don't know. We got our. But I suppose we, we have our, our proud share of naval sailors. traditions, right? We wipe the eyes of the British a time or two. Okay, just they don't date back nearly as far. <laughs> no, nothing no, in this no. country does. No, that's yeah. We're very nouveau everything. Yeah. Uh, Eric K said uh, semi uh, Fredo. Is an Italian dessert. The name literally translates from Italian, meaning half cold or semi-frozen. It's usually yeah. iced gelato mixed with something that's not cold or frozen, like whipped cream. You can also make it with a liqueur, like amaretto or frangelico, ooh, where the alcohol will keep it from freezing completely. Okay, uh, yeah, a bunch of people wrote in to, to tell us about that. Yes, it was Which, not in fact cool. a type of pasta, right? Uh, since it seems like every single thing in this show has some symbolic value, I'm not sure we can read this into some kind of statement about Angel or Angela's emotional, okay. spiritual, mental state right now that she's gone to work uh, for E Corp and has started to warm up or be mm. half frozen, if you will, to the idea of being a cog in their evil will. Wait, warm wheel. up? So you freeze it all the way and then you warm See, it that's up? That's what I was thinking. Like I feel like that. Why not just freeze it halfway? I, I feel like that's the thing with her is that she's. Uh, I, I would think I, I think of being frozen and cold as terms of evil, right? She's and warm to and hot being like passionate and caring. So I feel like she started that way and she's slowly freezing. Yeah, maybe she's so liquored up that she. Do they actually? Freeze. It seems know. inefficient to fully freeze the semifredo and then unfreeze half of it. <laughs> I, I would just stop it half frozen. Stop <laughs> the freezing process, man. 
I think the way they make it is they have a whole bunch of Italian boys barefoot just just churning right. into a big thing of semifredo to keep it from freezing. Okay. Their 98.6 degree feet combined with the churning process <laughs> keeps it in an ever. That, that's a fact. That's a fact. Right. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, Gabe D said, when I heard the name Fidelio, it made me think of the Beethoven opera, which is actually really pertinent to the scene with Angela. A synopsis of Fidelio uh, continues. The opera tells how Lenore, disguised as a prison guard named Fidelio, rescues her husband, Florenstan, from death in a political prison. Uh, Buili, Buili's scenario fits, uh, fits Beethoven's aesthetic and political outlook, a story of personal sacrifice, heroism, and eventual triumph. The usual topics of Beethoven's middle period, with its underlying struggle for liberty and justice mirroring contemporary political movements in Europe. Some notable moments in the opera include the Prisoner's Chorus, an ode to freedom sung by the chorus of political prisoners. Floristan's vision of Lenore comes as an angel to rescue him and the scene in which the rescue finally takes place. The finale celebrates Lenore's bravery with alternating contributions of soloists and chorus. Finally glad to be putting my musical degree to work. <laughs> um, so, Lenore is Angela? Literally I, the angel? I, I guess I wish... Him? I wish he would have spelled out where he sees the connections because I'm having trouble drawing them. I think that's what it is. Like that, this is that this is supposed to be a clue to that Angela is actually doing something selfless and heroic. Yeah, it could be instead of the, the shitty amoral thing that we think she's doing. Right. Uh, Doug L has a lot of he he want he want to do a roundup of religious imagery that we have not discussed in the podcast so so far. Okay. Uh, Elliot is a derivative of the Hebrew name Elijah, the prophet whose return heralds the coming of the Messiah, but also the end of days as well. Oh, this is starting off good. Here we go. (laughs) Krista, one of the few decent people in the show, she's trying to save Elliot. Her name is basically Christ Mm. with an A on it. And I said, Angela, yet another heavenly name. I'll put her on the list for now since the last episode. Ray is basically Ra with a Y on it. Uh, There you go. (laughs) There you go. You've played this game before. Sure. I'll put her on this list for now since the last episode suggests her motives remain pure and she's simply deep undercover. Uh, also, she conspicuously wrote, okay. wore white against Darlene's black in the ballet scene last season. That's something we mentioned, the the, the lightness and darkness of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gideon Goddard, you can't conceive a more biblical name than this, and having him murdered dead certainly suggests something wicked this way comes. Uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. For any Catholics watching, it seems the battle for control of Elliot mir- mirrors the tr- Trinity. That's why I want to mention with the when he says there's even a space for you and there's an empty chair, but it's flanked by these electric lights that look like lamps with flames. Do you remember in the Bible when uh, the early Christians first got the gift of the Holy Spirit and manifest itself as tongues of flame over their heads? Uh, yes. Uh, and that's when they started being able to speak in tongues and perform miracles. I wonder if we, the viewer, are not supposed to understand our role as the Holy Spirit. Like, hmm. we're the third part of the tribe. You got Elliot, Mr. Robot, and us. The part that isn't embodied. Yeah. We're the... I mean, it's weird because traditionally the Holy the Holy Ghost is seen as like, kind of like, you know, God's willpower or right. a, a expression of his power. I don't feel that way. I'm a passive viewer. <laughs> right. Although I did have that preseason take where I wonder if they're going to make this ARG stuff really explicit to where... There's some kind of app where you can make storytelling choices either between seasons or mm-hmm. affect the finale of something. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. I, then I'd feel like a holy ghost then. <laughs> holy rolling on that ghost. Um, 
Elliot's apartment, there is a book on resurrection. Uh, we talked about the burning, uh, burning the copy of Waiting for Godot. Waiting for Godot is a play about two people who wait for Godot, a.k.a. God, to show up, but he never does. The positive spin is that the play illustrates the importance of fate, but the negative reading is that faith is absurd, giving God is never coming. Burning the book implies whether God shows up or not, the end is nigh. Hmm. Mr. Robot peels an apple. Apple, traditionally the symbol of the, the fruit, uh, uh, the forbidden fruit that Eve ate. Yeah. Um, but it's also interesting because Mr. Robot's peeling this apple and tempting Elliot to commit a, forbi- a forbidden act. Hmm. Here's a, the golden calf. F Society uh, literally takes the balls off of a golden calf. And has a party with it. Darlene comes in from on high to chastise the flock that they have lost their way. Which is a perfect analogy for Moses coming down from the mountains and finding all the proto-Israelites uh, partying with the, the golden calf. Yep. Worshipping their false gods. Their yep. idols. Uh, it's 11. Elliot takes drugs and goes into six days without sleep, implying that he rested on the seventh day. Just as God is said to have done after creating the world in the book of Genesis. Okay. Pretty kooky. Uh, you know, obviously Dom asking Alexis about the end of the world. Uh, I feel like I've already lost you in some of this. I'm going to spare the Ro- Rosencrantz and Gilderstern analysis. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, Ray calls him a prophet at the end of this. Like, if you want to go for the Jesus angle. Yeah, try to stick to the stuff there. that we haven't actually covered. Um, right. And again, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm skeptical of maybe the Christ, uh, the Christa meaning Christ stuff. But <laughs> okay. Um, all the other stuff seems like it's pretty spot, spot on. Um, hmm. I don't know what to make of it yet. Um, but the, the, the show is explicitly using religious imagery and sure. weaving that to its tail. Liz G also mentions, uh, the Bible verse, Proverbs 26, 11, a dog returning to its vomit coming to mind. Ooh. Why Elliot, uh, picked out the pills of his puke and took him again. Gross. Yep. Uh, Joe L. in London says, You mentioned Dom talking to Alexa and speculated that her echo could be an attack vector in future episodes. Uh, I disagree. I think the much more boring reason for it to be featured so prominently is the deal they have with Amazon for the video on-demand rights for the Prime. Yep. The whole thing felt like a commercial f- with all, for all that Alexa echo service. Uh, shows that even, okay. even Mr. Robot has to pay the bills, and it sure as shit isn't happening through conventional advertising dollars and huge ratings. Um... So you're disagreeing with a more interesting option in order to point out the boring one? <laughs> well, that so the other question I have is, are we sure? Because it, if I didn't know, I wouldn't know that that was Amazon's product. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. In fact, fair. I th- when I first watched it, I thought it was a genericized form of Siri. Oh. Like, hmm. oh, they're, they, they're not wanting to do so. Like, it didn't work on me. Yeah. And I'm kind of up on Amazon products. I was aware of the product. I didn't know that it actually had a name. It was Alexa and all that crap. Oh. So. Yeah. And then there's people like me. I knew that it was called Alexa. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, maybe they're just trying to be subtle about it and not super overt. But I also think it's like, it also, for me, a product placement is when someone just sits down and eats a box, uh, uh, it opens up the lid and it's Domino's pizza. Yeah. And then plops down a Diet Coke. If this is part of her character, the fact that she has an, a more authentic relationship with this piece of technology and, like, you know, she makes these pretend friendships with people that she meets in convenience stores and stuff, uh, it doesn't feel as product placey. She's going to fall in love with Alexa. They're going to... Uh... 
have a a relationship that they try to hide from everyone, from yeah, all their she's friends. Download the Scarlett Johansson. And then she's going to realize, module. oh my god, my best friend also has a relationship with an OS. <laughs> Just going to be her all over again. Yep. Yep. Did you do you see her? Yeah. Okay. It's good. Uh, Liz G said it was good to see the S males aware that Mr. Robot episodes are too long. Apparently, he tweeted apology saying, I'm sorry for the extra long episodes. Next week will be shorter. Yep. Okay. Uh, and that next week it would be a 45 to 50 minute episode. I missed the pacing of season one episodes. I feel like groundwork was laid in this episode, but it was laid at a slow pace. I've only watched it once, mm. and I had to read recaps online to find out why who certain people were on the show. I pay attention, but when I don't see characters for weeks at a time, I forget them. Cisco, Darlene's bathroom hookup, the parking lot attendant that Joanna is paying off are two examples of characters I had forgotten. Oh, I like wow. the show from the beginning, and it feels like I'm in the middle of a movie that's lost its way a bit. I hope I'm wrong and that I'm being impatient, but I worry about a second season slump. The only one I didn't recognize was the parking lot attendant. I had to go back to the previously on, and it showed those people in previously on. So, mm. But not everybody sees that, when, depending I, on how they I watch suppose, it. I suppose, yeah. Uh, I kind of share a few of these concerns uh i know that you know seppenwall sharing you know he thought that these episodes were are, are too long for what they're trying to do i didn't really feel that way really like i haven't been the first time that's so weird because the first watch on the last two episodes i felt both felt they were long huh and second watches i didn't now it could be that it just so happens i had to stay up late to get my first watch on both of the episodes and that just might have been my impatience to get to bed um, and I do think that a lot, I, I just, people that watch the show without getting online and reading about it, I don't know what they're enjoying about the show. Hmm. Because it seems like a lot of my enjoyment is coming from the theory crafting and right. the details that people are pulling out. Um, yeah, me too. Especially this season more than, than last. It's much more a cerebral experience. Yeah, it seems like it, uh. I don't know. I guess cool hacking stuff, maybe, but there hasn't mm. been much of that this season either. Right. A uh, couple of small hacks. Uh, our ratings friend dropped, and I don't have time to read it today, but um, he said that he he promised up with this follow up that he'd he'd follow up with the you know the the full like plus three plus five ratings, and I guess the first episode got like three million total views if you add up all the different sources. That's not so bad. No, no, and I don't know if that trend will continue or not, but uh, it's mm-hmm. still hovering around the millionish. Uh, day one views, which, yeah, as he pointed out and we've pointed out before, that's right where Breaking Bad was, seasons one through three. Right. If this is USA's attempt to become a prestige show. You could do a hell of a lot worse than Mr. Robot getting sure. a million views for you. Um, it's a loss. It's like toilet paper at Walmart. They get a sale, 99 cent toilet paper to get you in the door. So you'll buy a 99 cent bedroom <laughs> fan. I, I don't know. A second roll of 99 cent toilet paper. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't work. You get two and you get a third one for free. Oh, man. Uh, Jeff McD. Oh, I already did this uh, musical analysis. Uh, There was another piece of musical analysis by Doug L. that I I missed. Uh, My, my, hey, hey. So I covered this Neil Young song plays while Darlene is enjoying the most plaid bathroom outside of Scotland. (laughs) It comes from a seminal album, Rest Never Sleeps. The title alludes both to machines and insomnia. Uh, but there's also more. There's actually two versions of this song on the album. It opens with Hey, Hey, My, My, and closes with, with My, My, Hey, Hey. <laughs> uh, the first is acoustic and mournful, the second loud and grungy. They share the same melody and chorus, but are mirror images of each other, just like Elliot and Mr. Robot. 
Lyrically, hmm. it also fits. The two songs both include the line, It's better to burn out than to fade away, as well as it's better to burn out than it is to rust. Another like, which kind of echoes Leon. I mean, he explicitly said, if you, you know, are might signed well up for a right shitty now. dream or don't have one, you might as well fade out right now. Yep. Um, another line is the king is gone, but he's not forgotten. And once you're gone, you can never come back when you're out of the blue and into the black. Darlene openly asked these first basic questions about going out in a blaze of glory. The king is gone line could refer to Elliot, who has been sidelined. As for blue and black, that sets up the chess match. Elliot's always in his black hoodie, while Mr. Robot is notable in this episode for a bright blue uh, light of a computer pouring through his eyes and mouth of the mask. Once Elliot is gone, he can never come back, Mr. Robot says. Hmm. Uh, also, the um, uh, the Green Day analysis, he's with me. He's like, the song is obviously about insanity, so analysis need not go too far. Yeah. But the chorus says it all. Sometimes I give myself the creeps. Sometimes a mind plays tricks on me. It all keeps adding up. I think I'm cracking up. Am I just paranoid or am I just stoned? Um, yeah, that is the the feedback we have this week. I think I skipped oh, around okay. a lot. I hope I didn't miss anything. But um, there you go. Yeah, I'm excited for next episode. Uh, I think if Ellie gets back into hacking, Elliot attacking this really pick up. is big because the thing yeah. is, like uh, you know, E Corp is still a civilian agency, and he was also kind of like the wolf in the sh- the the sheep pen when he was inside the company that they were hired to protect themselves. FBI is mm-hmm. a different nut, I suspect. Yeah. And he's also squaring off against Dom, which I find exciting. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, you know, anything where it gets Elliot back in hacking at this point, I'm good with. Back in hacking. Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Okay, that's it for this episode. We'll see you next Friday. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Have a good weekend.